You're listening to Ship Talking with Sharon Levine. Join Sharon as she discusses the human experience of creating and maintaining relationships of all kinds, from friendships to family and everything in between. And now, here's Sharon. You are listening to Ship Talking, where bold guests join us to talk about their dates and love life. I am your host, Sharon Levine, and we have two fun guests here with us today. Chris Walks, 35, is a cybersecurity engineer and entrepreneur. He is a Florida native, currently living in Durham, North Carolina, who is just about to launch his own dating-focused podcast and YouTube channel. We also have Rashika Kurata, who is a systems architect with Cisco, out in San Francisco right now, former resident of Cary. Rashika is... She quotes, made in India, but assembled in the United States of America. Chris and Rashika are both former colleagues and good friends. They are both former kickball teammates of mine also. Chris and Rashika, I'm so happy to have you. Thank you for joining us on Ship Talking today. How's it going? Thanks for having us, Sharon. It's, it's great to be on the show. Hey, Sharon. Thanks for having us. Hey, hey, Rashika. Nice to see you. Nice to talk to you again. It's definitely great to be on the show. Hey, Chris. Nice to be talking to you. Agreed, agreed. So, Chris, you and I reconnected recently after I noticed your social media posts. So you started posting a lot about dating. You had posts where you were asking women if they were happy in their dating lives. You were sharing ideas for people on how to grow their like dating pool. Um, I was excited to hear you like want to talk about this stuff because I always want to talk about this stuff. I think dating is like super interesting. But I'm interested, like, where did this all come from? What sparked this interest in like dating culture and love and relationships with you? <laughs> Thanks, Sharon. You know, Sharon, as you know, I was married before. Well, I should say I got divorced. Um, and I think that really started me on my journey here because um, going for someone who was with somebody for, you know, eight years of my life, my 20s into my 30s, and then getting divorced and then getting on the dating market, you know, 33, 34 years old, it was a shock to me because the things that I thought worked, the things that I thought women actually wanted, I quickly realized that I wasn't having much luck with a lot of those things like, hey, being the nice guy, hey, not being as assertive as I know that I am. But, you know, just because I was in a marriage relationship for so long, compromise was the name of the game. But when you're out here in the dating scene, I think women see that as being weak. But that's neither here nor there. What kind of drove me into this is because not only was I having issues with the dating scene, I know my male friends, they were having issues. And also my female friends that I know were having issues. And then I like started like trying to figure out how can we fix the issue, not only for myself, but also for my friends around me. And I started de- delving deep. I did a lot of research. I did. I, I looked up a lot of YouTube, um, looking at a whole bunch of different viewpoints. And I kind of, I kind of, you know, dr- drilled down not only into myself but into all the viewpoints that were coming around me. Um, some very basic tenets that I think that if both men and women were to implement these, if you're someone who's single, this will definitely increase your dating options or your dating pool. Because I think that the one thing I'm, I hear a lot from a lot of people is um, I hear women, women bashing men. I hear men bashing women. 
But I think what really comes what it really comes down to is there's a lack of communication between us. And then there's a lack of understanding of what the other side actually wants. And so that's really where I'm coming at it, my angle that I'm coming at it from. And again, if it were not for my divorce, I don't think I would ever have gotten here. So that plus the dating scene I've been on and then the combination of a lot of other factors really led me down this road. That makes so much sense to me, Chris, because my my first thought when I saw you suddenly so interested in dating was like something happened. <laughs> like something happened because I think that what that's what propels a lot of people into like interest in this and the psychology behind relationships and love is having something that just kind of um can I say is like earth shattering to some extent and I, I think that's like uh, no, I, I, you know a strong statement I, but I think that's 100% right you know when you're inside of a uh, marriage relationship and things don't go the way that you think they're going to go of course, that shatters your earth. You know, things that um, all the all the dreams and aspirations that you have with that person, you then have to stop, forget those and then transition into trying to find if you like to find someone someone else to share those dreams, aspirations and things of that nature or create new dreams and aspirations with. So I would agree it is earth shattering. But I would also say that I did have this interest beforehand, but I guess I didn't really have a lot of data. I some of the things that I'm going to that I say I thought were true, but through experience, um, my own experience, some anecdotal experience of people around me, plus just looking at I guess the world in general, um, I've come up with some a few things that I think are you know pretty easy to follow, and I think most people would agree on a lot of the things that I say. We don't agree with everything, Chris, but I do agree with a lot of the things you have to say. We will have to <laughs> agree to disagree on a few things. <laughs> Rashika, tell us a little bit about yourself. You are single and dating in San Fran, right? Yes, I am. So a little bit about me. I'm 32 and I'm dating. And this is, I've started dating just, you know, a few months ago. Oh, wow. It's recent. That's recent. I was engaged back in 2018 and I broke off the engagement two months before the wedding. I decided to call off the wedding and I am as happy as I want to be. Honestly, I can't tell you how content I am when I wake up every morning knowing that I made that decision. So my story is different because for me, coming from an Indian background, I was always taught that, you know, women are supposed to be a certain way and you're supposed to check mark a few categories and you have to live life in a way to please men because they're the priority in the relationship most of the time, even though they don't spell spell that out to you, it indirectly somehow is a patriarchal society, right? So for me, it was a realization that I was turning into an individual that I wasn't happy with because that wasn't me. It didn't feel authentic. So I had to take a stand and kind of decide for myself if I wanted to make choices that would keep people around me happy or I had to make choices that would keep me happy. And ultimately, my family supported me in making the choice that would make me happy. Um, though, you know, the extended families were a little concerned about my decision, but I was very sure about what I was, um, what I wanted from life. 
So that led me to the dating scene. It's okay with you. We're going to pause right there. Thank you for listening to Ship Talking. We will be right back and hear more from both Rashika and Chris. You're listening to Ship Talking with Sharon Levine. We'll be back with more after this on 97.9 The Hill. The sales say Brandy, you're a fine girl. And now back to Ship Talking with Sharon Levine. Once again, here's Sharon. Welcome back to Ship Talking. I am your host, Sharon, and we have been talking with both Rashika and Chris. Rashika, you were just sharing with us your decision to call off your engagement two months prior to your wedding. Yeah, it was a tough decision, but it had to be made because it was the right decision. Sometimes you need to do things in life that require courage. And also compassion, because not all the times you need to be having to deal with situations where you need to show your aggression. They can always be situations that can be held, dealt in a very compassionate way, but also with courage, keeping in mind your happiness first. I think every individual needs to do that because a lot of times in different cultural backgrounds, like say, for example, from my culture, A lot of times, love is something that depends on someone else's happiness first, and your happiness comes second. So for me, I question all of that because I was born in India and I was raised in uh, an environment where where the exposure was completely different versus what I have right now, where I question everything as to what is love. Love, honestly, is for me where two individuals can come together make space, make room for each other's truth, accept their differences, and communicate properly to the point that they're just friends and they're happy and just enjoying life together. It doesn't have to be a chore. It doesn't have to be, oh my God, I have to get married and make all these adjustments in my life. Like I need to compromise. Why does it have to be a compromise? Why does marriage or a relationship have to be a task? It always has to be something organic, something authentic that feels very natural. And say, for example, if I'm financially independent and, you know, I'm emotionally stable, I have a family, I have people who I love, there's family back home, there's family here. And if I'm looking at someone who can add to this, great. But if you're going to take me away from this, then I'm going to have to reassess on what really are my priorities. So it's really when people get into relationships, I think you need to understand, one, who are you? Be self-aware. And if there are things that you need to correct about yourself, just own it and correct yourself. If sometimes you need to go to therapy to get yourself you know, that help that you need, please do it because it works. And once you're aware of what you want, I think you will be able to look for what is it that's out there and how is that going to align with what outcomes you want from your life. There are different kinds of people out there. So it's it's really not fair to say this group of people are going to agree to this or that group of people are going to agree to that because no matter what you say or do, everyone, there is someone out there for everyone, right? So we can talk about in circles of what do men want or what do women want or what are the roles of men and what are the roles of women? What are the expectations? But 
in in a generation to the, today and especially now living in the west coast where i'm exposed to so much more and i'm i'm aware i'm politically more aware than i was when i was in raleigh right so mm-hmm. over here for example what is a man or what is masculine in general people think it's strength it's financial independence it's you know some kind of secureness but in reality if you dig down if you get into the layers of it it's strength courage independence leadership and assertiveness and what is feminine feminine is not really just good looks and how you look pretty and how you look girly it's not really that it's about gentleness it's about empathy humility and sensitivity but people have forgotten about all these layers and look at the superficial layers and start to label people and go after really things that are insignificant we need to start breaking these layers down and start really communicating on what is really important to you and be authentic be real and talk about what is important to you and if you can connect to someone on an emotional level i think that connection is something that's going to last forever and chris i know you and rashika have have talked a lot about these things i know you kind of have this this shared experience chris you were divorced rashika you called off a wedding and so what have some of those conversations looked like between the two of you um chris what have have been some of some of your takeaways from your experiences yeah so i will say i remember rashika was telling me that she wasn't what she wasn't really feeling it she was she's like chris like this is not what i want to do and i remember the strain on her face like she I, she looked like she was sick for months yeah um and i was just like rashika like this is your life to live no one else's only only you can make you happy and i'm glad she made her decision that the decision that she did make because you know ultimately i think we're all responsible for our own happiness we are all we all make our own choices and we all have to live with our own consequences no one in this world makes the choice for you you make that choice for yourself unless you commit a crime of course then you still <laughs> made that choice for yourself um 100% i will say that i i i guess i kind of have to disagree with rashiko on a few things Um one thing I I often hear people say is that there's someone out there for everyone. Um I don't think that's true. The statistics have shown that's not true. More than 50% of Americans will never get married, you know. So, I'm not sure if that's that's probably adjusted for like race and stuff like that, but there's a very high number of Americans that will just never get married. Um and that number is only because they probably don't want to get married. Uh that's probably because you know I, they're I would, not looking at the right group of people because a lot of times you know people want things but they're looking at the wrong places for the right person Rashika how are you going to find that and, and this is where you and I agree and this is where you and I agree i think that again people are looking in the wrong places because of mm-hmm. unrealistic standards one and then two people aren't making doing basic things to like i say improve their outlook and outcomes as you guys know for me i believe that both men and women need to do work that is just what i i believe and i believe that relationships are work if we think we're going to live in this culture where you don't have to do any work in your relationship i think that's 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 a little bit of a fantasy 
But what I will say is this, there are some basic things that a woman can do and some basic things that a man can do to make sure that he or she is a viable option or is as appealing as they possibly can to a number of individuals out there. And I think that your grandparents knew it. My parents know it. I think that we deep down inside know them, but we kind of get away from them. One of those is fitness on both sides. Can we sides. come back to this, Can I pause this right, right there? And um... Yep, sure. Okay. Oh, you... Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, we're excited to hear a little bit more from Chris when we get back. Thank you for listening to Ship Talking on 97.9 The Hill. You're listening to Ship Talking with Sharon Levine. We'll be back with more after this on 97.9 The Hill. They say, they say, Brandy, and now back to Ship Talking with Sharon Levine. Once again, here's Sharon. Welcome back to Ship Talking. I am your host, Sharon, joined by Rashika and Chris. Chris is in the process of developing his own dating-focused podcast and YouTube channel. And Chris, you were just sharing with us that in your research, in your exploration of dating and relationships, you find you found that there are some core things that men and women can both do to make themselves more appealing. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Sharon. So yeah, what I was saying earlier was that I believe that if we really go back to just nature and we think about what at just a natural level, what do men and how are men and women attracted to one another? I think that there are kind of three basic things for both men and women that we can probably boil this down to. And this is going to be an oversimplification, but I always tell people this, this is not me trying to tell you that, Hey, if you live outside of this, you won't be able to do anything. What I'm saying is how can we improve options and outcomes. So one of those things I talk about is fitness or being in shape. We all understand that if we put 100 men in a room, 100 women in the room, just naturally, they knew nothing about each other. How can we get those people, uh, basically, how will we get those men to know what your personality is? The first thing they see is what they look at. So if you're not, if, if you are visually appealing to more men, you will have more options. Same thing for men. If you're visually appealing to more women, you will have more options, period. I think the second thing that also comes in here is being masculine and feminine. As a woman, if you're more feminine, again, your options tend to be a little bit better. As a man, if you're more masculine, women tend to like that more. So if you can work on your masculinity, that typically opens your options. See, I, I, think I another disagree thing that comes with that. I kind of disagree with that because that's not being inclusive. There are a lot of, I mean, you can quantify being feminine and you can quantify masculinity because for a few people, when you look at a few women, if you look at, for example, me, Chris, I come across as super feminine to some people and I come across as a tomboy to some people. So that really depends on Mm -hmm. who's looking at me and what is your perception of, um, you know, these labels. And we can, just mm-hmm. to be more inclusive of, okay, say, for example, a man is feminine. What is wrong in that? There is nothing wrong with a man being feminine. Recently, I read a beautiful quote which says, a man who fears being seen as feminine is a man who fears being treated the way he treats women. So it's not really, I understand, I agree that most of the world will agree with you know, physical attraction being the first thing that has to attract for you to get into a relationship. But what I'm trying to say is, 
I think in today's society, people are trying to move away from the superficialness and get behind the layers of no matter how this individual looks, if this individual is someone who I can live with, then yeah, I totally get your point. And yes, I support being physically, mentally, and spiritually fit. I absolutely agree. But I think it's also important to understand that there's a huge section of the society that is also doesn't fall onto the you know, fit criteria of like, you know, your size zero, your size two figures, right? I completely disagree. So what I'm saying is this, I have not stated that, uh, that, that if you're a feminine man or a masculine woman, that you cannot get someone. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if you want to improve, if you are not a feminine or masculine man, feminine man and a masculine woman, and you want to improve your options, that's all I'm saying. If you want to improve your options, I'm not saying that those type of people do not exist, but for the vast on mass in mass, the majority of women would prefer a more masculine man and the majority of men would prefer a more feminine woman. Are there use cases where that is not the case? Yes, there okay. is. That's but fair. I- yeah, but I, but I think I think the one thing that you're missing there is the why, is the why beneath that. And if you're going to get a platform, I think you have to think about whether or not your pl- your platform is helpful and productive to this, the world that we live in right now, where all of our interests and and what we what we see and what we think we want are so socially constructed, problematically so. And so I think it's not that personally, and we, we have to wrap this up, up soon, unfortunately, it's not that I disagree with you. I think the reality of what you're saying is true, but I, I just, I, I think it's problematic to perpetuate that. It narrative. is probably, if you guys say it's problematic, great. That, that, that's perfectly fine. But what I am saying is this, it is reality. So what do I tell the man who's 35 years old or the woman who's 35 years old and they're losing the time to probably have children. What do we tell them? It, are we saying to them, oh, we have to wait till men change or wait till women change? Or can we tell them some practical things that they can do to improve their options? That's all I'm saying here. I think we tell them, look, women are having healthy children up until their late 30s, early 40s. Now times are changing. And I think it's it's important to highlight highlight that. And so I see what you're saying. And I hate friends that we have to cut this off, but we are out of time. This is the unfortunate reality of having a 20 minute show. But I, I think if I'm right, you're both going to come back and we're going to continue to talk so about some much of this stuff, to right? Share, and I'm so eager. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> Next time. <laughs> All right. We're going we're gonna to end it right there, but hold on to some of that, Rashika, because we'll be back. Thank you so much for listening to Ship Talking on 97.9 The Hill. If you haven't already, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us five stars in a review if you'd like to because it helps us out a lot. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Ship Talking with Sharon Levine on 97.9 The Hill. For more episodes, visit the on-demand page of our website, chapelboro.com. She has some say brand name.